you're you and you're awesome. So welcome. I'm Heather. I'm Leslie. And we don't have a name for this yet. No. And you would have been totally lost if it were just me. So <laughs> <laughs> you would have been like, I have no idea what's happening and I'm out. Uh. It's getting to the time of year where it has warmed up outside enough that we're wearing more springy clothes. So I feel like we are used to kind of the crisper outdoor air. I don't know. Everybody went so crazy here this winter, and this has been like one of my most favorite winters here. If you are not in the Seattle area where we are, we usually get one or two days of snow flurries that do not do anything at all. This year... We had the snowiest February since like the 1920s. Everything was shut down. Some people didn't leave their homes for two weeks. We had a state of emergency in Washington state. We did. You've lived in snowy areas. I've lived in snowy areas. I get that we are not prepared here. But the fact that people were in their homes for two weeks, it became an excuse to not come to work for some people because I miss zero days of work. I'm judgmental. That's another thing that I am. Well, you've <laughs> never been judgmental of me. I'm not judgmental. I'm so, not judgmental of you. I think that you're wonderful. I am judgmental of poor work ethics. Mm-hmm. I have worked since I've been like 12. And mm-hmm. before then, I had the lemonade stands in the corner and I would bedazzle stuff and sell it. And I worked. Did you know I've been working since I was 13? Doesn't surprise me because yeah. you have a good work ethic. We have both Thus, been no working judgment. a long time. That's, That's why amazing. you're tired. And want to eat because <laughs> I, I feel like Charlotte and Sex in the City. I've been working for 30 years. I'm exhausted. When's it going to end already? If you don't know what we're talking about, by the way, my affinity towards eating and sleeping, go back and listen to our last podcast, which is also our first podcast, uh, and you will understand it all. So I was thinking the other day about exactly what you're talking about, how when I was a kid, I had all this time and all this energy and I used it in reasonably productive ways. I mean, I wasn't the kid that was getting into drugs or stealing stuff or exercising that energy in wayward paths. I was getting a job. I was, you know, trying to work towards the future. But recently I was thinking about the difference between kids and adults. Like we have to make so many decisions and do so many things as adults that we didn't have to do as kids. And that exhaustion is the difference between the kid and the adult. I mean, just dumb stuff. Like I had to take two days off work when I had a plumbing issue at the house because you had to take two days off. I didn't realize that they give you. okay. so first I took a day off. Let me get this straight. Your house flooded. No, it did not flood. What happened? (laughs) Because I I have questions. So we have to back up now. Yes. Okay. I had a drip in the shower that turned into a constant flow. You will be so disappointed in me for not getting this fixed sooner. No, I won't. Let me tell you, if light bulbs go out of my house until my house is pitch black dark, (laughs) the whole thing, they don't get changed. Okay. I understand. This thing was dripping for probably two months. It started as a very slow drip from the shower, whatever. And then it progressively got worse. And I have to say that at first... I was like, yeah, I got to get that fixed. But it was almost like having a rain machine. Um, Oh, it it soothed you to sleep. Your house, you know, basically falling apart. Yes. Breaking down. Yes. Soothing. And and it was the cold water side of the faucet. Oh, well then. So I wasn't paying for, I wasn't like losing hot water. And because I only get a water bill 
every other month, I didn't really notice a difference in the price. It was like the water bill came in. It was like exactly the same as it always is. And then two months later, with two months of a drip, it was like $100 more. Oh, wow. See, I was I was like, these are all reasonable thoughts. But yes, as soon significant. as I got the $100 more bill, I was like, oh, no, like this is way worse than I realized. So <laughs> so then you decided the water needs to be turned off. But here is where I needed you to back up. OK. And you thought I'm going to fix it. Yes. Yeah. That would never happen in my world. I watched numerous YouTube videos. <laughs> but you're not a plumber. You don't care. I well every YouTube okay so every YouTube video I had been to Lowe's to discuss my fix it plan they all seemed to think that I was capable of doing it I went over it in my head multiple times the one kink in this whole plan was that because my house is really old there's not a place to turn off the water indoors like it's in the street and apparently you need a special tool to do it which I bought at Lowe's but it was so old and I'm not I'm not a weak person. I mean, I no. lift like heavy dogs. Yep, I've... I could not get it to move. It was so stuck on there. So I was like, I'm not going to try to do this myself. What if it's like rusted? What if I break something? What if you like broken it and flooded the whole neighborhood? neighborhood. Yeah. That would have been awesome. I will Just say saying, you would have been on the news. It yes. would have been amazing. I did enough research to know that I needed to call the water company to come and do it. A very nice, young, attractive man showed up. I don't know what's wrong with me. See, here we go. This is like your third. I know. Take a swig of that. This is your third instance of men. Here's the thing. I've been in relationships for the last, how old am I? Probably the last 18 years of my life with like one month in between. I've been in three relationships. So you never had your crazy time. You need to sow your oats. Well, Maybe. So the thing is, I haven't been flirted with ever. Like, no one's ever flirted with me because I've never been out there to be flirted with. So when someone is nice to me, like overly nice, I just get really weird. I was, you get weird. Not, I'm not, I get it. I know where you're at. It's so out of my realm at this point. Like, if somebody's nice to me or they start talking to me, I'm like, Okay, I don't know what to say. Are they, you know, are they talking to me? Should I respond? Should I ignore them? I, yeah, and then yeah. you get all, and then you get tongue twied, yes. <laughs> just like that, tongue twied. <laughs> so the the guy from the water Sorry. company comes, scheduled by his person at the water company that dispatched him, and he turns it for me and shows me how to do it and tells me you can do this yourself. Don't worry about it. However. Instead of going through the water company, here's my personal cell phone number. Just call me and I will come back and do this. Because that way, if you get done early, if you get done after hours, I'll come back and help you. So the fact Mm. that he gave me his personal cell phone number. You were like, this is happening. This is, we're going to fix the plumbing together. Right. (laughs) So I told him what I was doing. He was like, great. No big deal. You got this. So fast forward, I am literally halfway done and everything has taken me five times as long as it should have because everything is rusted, corroded. 
can't get it off. I'm, my hands are bleeding because I have put so much effort and scraped. And I mean, I probably should have worn gloves, but nobody's wearing gloves. Um, long story short, I give up on this thing. <laughs> I okay, as you should. I would have been there before, and but you wouldn't have met the like second, the water plumber guy had the, you given up. The second I decided to give up on it and call a real plumber, the guy who turned the water off just shows back up at the house to check on me and ask me if I'm doing okay and if I need any help he just sh- you have like men on you that's yeah. not i feel that's not just being nice i feel like there's an objective there so yeah like and i was like i'm giving up and he's like do you want me to come in and help i'm like no i have decided to give up i'm done with this he offered to come in and help you mm-hmm. you i you didn't let him did no. you because that's murdery he was really attractive that ted bundy so and i really do want to point out that i am in a relationship I'm not looking for this, but it's like it's I'm so unaccustomed to any of it that it's just really strange to me. Um, Anyway, I call the plumber. They can't come that day. Now, I could have called other plumbers, but the plumber that I wanted to use, I trusted. I like them. I'm not messing with anyone at this point. It has to be like the The guy I want. I agree. Yeah. So I call work at this point and I say, hey, I have given up on this. Um... I called a plumber. They're coming tomorrow. I can come into work today for the remainder of the day. And I would like to take tomorrow off because now there's a plumber coming in a window of time. And I would mm-hmm. like to be here for that. I don't have to be home for that, but it would be nice. So my boss was like, hey, you have so much vacation. You never take it. Please just take the rest of today off and relax. Obviously, you're stressed out like you've been at this for five hours today already and take tomorrow off to fix your stuff you have an amazing boss i do he's every so time nice. i hear stories it's this is why you love your job well, and yeah. you don't bond over hate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a good thing okay so the next day the plumber came very attractive very talkative this is why i like this plumber because they're very friendly they don't make me feel like i suck he was at the house for five hours hours oh my god wow see real stuff this was something on youtube that everyone on youtube and lowe's and everything made it look like i would accomplish in less than two hours on my own they lie to get viewers but the plumber even said the pro he's like had the the pipes been in perfect condition yeah wouldn't have been a problem that was the issue the house is from the 1960s and these are things that in all likelihood have not been replaced since then, I felt better about it. Good. And he, the plumber guy was very nice, too. Did you see your guy that turned the water on and off? The professional plumber man is not going to leave before we turn the water, water back, back on, on and make sure everything's okay. I know. I just felt like you should have called the, the city guy. I mean, you had his number. And, well, now that it's fixed, you'd be like, you know... I'm not sure. Like, maybe we should just turn the water off one more time. And But you'd have to, like, totally internet, like, stalk him first and make sure he's legit. Because people chop people up here. I'm serious. It happens. It's real. It's a real thing. It happened in my neighborhood. Here's the thing. I'm in the entertainment industry. And if I were to get murdered, I would just become more famous. So I'm not You're sure okay that I'm with it. To- <laughs> You're in, you are not okay with it. Or you're just more into, like... I think you're more afraid of, like, being in a mass murder type of situation. This is when I knew that actually, like, we were okay. So this was on the first podcast, too. But Heather and I did a little, like, rescue mission where we drove from Seattle to 
California, picked up dogs and and came back. And the first day we drove straight for 18 hours. I mean, it was was something like like that. It was significant. We stayed at a hotel. It was a nice hotel. Like it was clean and a decent place. Nothing's wrong with this hotel. (laughs) So me, who's convinced that everybody around the corner is like going to murder me. I mean, when I go into my house, I have like a keypad. I am like looking around like a crazy person covering the keypad as I type in my code because I'm so convinced somebody is lurking in the tree or somewhere and they're going to see me type in my code and then let themselves into my house. Mm. So I have many murdery fears. So we get to this hotel. <laughs> we go to bed. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure like I was talking to you and you may have fallen asleep. You were real tired. You did all the driving, all yes. the driving. So I'm like up and I, I, I'm a terrible sleeper. So I'm like watching Netflix and I finally fall asleep. And I think we were getting like four hours of sleep. We wake up. I want to say we showered. Maybe not. I felt like maybe we a didn't shower. shower. We didn't do anything. We, we didn't care. We freshened up. Yeah. We go from what I remember is like the phone wasn't working. Like I want to say for some reason we went to pick up the phone and the phone wasn't working, mm-hmm. which was odd. I was trying to put makeup on and you were like, what? You're wearing makeup? And, <laughs> and, I think that's and what happened. And I was happened. like, we're going to be videotaping. And all of a sudden, like I finished that swoop of eyeliner and then it was like, boom, lights out. And so I opened the door a little bit. It's pitch black dark in the hotel. And your face, even though like, <laughs> the expression on your face went from like, OK, we're getting up to to like, oh, my God, stone cold serious and you were like I don't I <laughs> you're like you were so scared I felt so bad and I'm like oh it's nothing it's fine but like I felt your fear and instead of thinking maybe there's a fire and this is a way to protect the rooms we went to there's a shooter who's killing everybody in the hotel during breakfast time and we better stay in the room we sat there for a good like 15 or 20 minutes until I ventured out okay so this is not a highlight of my life yeah. <laughs> I actually loved it. I'd forgotten about this. Okay, I never forgot. Never forget. So we were on the first floor, which to me... We were vulnerable. It's vulnerable. Yes. However, uh, you've got a window that you can climb out of. I remember looking out the window and we saw a dude with a dog leash that didn't have a dog. And I was like, that's weird. That was weird. That's weird. And why were we looking out the window? Because we were thinking about escaping the hotel that way. Yes. So immediately I'm thinking, okay, pitch black, doors are closed, no power. We look out the window. There's someone questionable out there. Like, what if there's a team of people attacking the hotel right now? We don't know what's going on in this city. Like, we just rolled in. It's Northern California town where it's not the best neighborhood. Like we're taking dogs from there because they don't have a good shot there. So, yeah. And and, and in my defense, not it. This made me love you so much. (laughs) And the fact that you were like, and there's a guy out here and he has a dog leash, but no dog. And I'm like, because I love the drama. I'm like, okay, like, let's talk about it. Like, I thought it was great. My mind goes to the movie, like radio DJ and vet tech go to (laughs) go to rescue dogs and then end up in a mass shooting. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I was living in the Blacksburg, Virginia area doing radio during the Virginia Tech shootings. I went to Virginia Tech. Our stations were 
one of the resources for all of the international interviews. So I probably did a hundred interviews um, for media. Uh, from my standpoint, I wasn't I wasn't on campus. I wasn't involved in any way. However, the combination of being a former student, being in media, living in the town made me the person that London called. Like the people were just calling constantly. Then when I moved to Omaha to do radio, like a month after I moved there, they had the Von Mar Mall shooting. And one of my coworkers was in the mall during that shooting. Um, so I just I'm near shootings enough you didn't tell me all this before I got in this car with you to well, take this trip, but I don't think we'll the shootings are following me. But <laughs> because I have been close to two situations, and I don't want to over exaggerate, I have never been in an active shooting situation. But because I've been so close to them, I think in that moment, I just thought, am I in a shooting situation? I... And it's sad that we live in this world now where. It is. And I I never thought it was strange. <laughs> I like to talk about it, but I didn't think it was strange. And I understood your reaction. And that's kind of what I felt afterwards, because, I mean, it crossed my mind. I didn't really think that was what was going on. And I don't think deep down you did either. But there you definitely had a level of fear. Mm -hmm. And I think it was perfectly rational. I do. You're laughing, but I and reasonable. I worry about it at work all the time. Mm -hmm. I do work in an animal hospital. Yes. People with animals can be great. And sometimes they're emotionally unstable, mm -hmm. especially after losing maybe the one thing they've ever had. And I'm always worried about somebody coming back in there and just shooting everybody. Yeah. I mean, uh, the things that have been said there, it would never surprise me. But the happy ending to the story was I'm like, <laughs> I have to go out into the hall or we're never going to leave this hotel. And I walked out into the lobby and people are just sitting there in the dark, eating their breakfast, watching the news. And I they're like checking the lights. And I asked the guy, didn't the guy had like really weird long fingernails yes. or something? So to add to this, yes. <laughs> when we checked in, it was a real Bates Motel kind of it was, scenario. It was very strange. It was, oh my gosh. The guy was very weird. And it was the kind of weirdness where you want to give them the benefit of the doubt, like, oh, here's this socially awkward person who has found a job. And the kind thing to do is to be kind and happy that he's here. But then in the back of your mind, you're like, ee, 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 ee. he was a little odd. Yeah. And it made me nervous. We were on the first floor. I agree with all your things, but. He had told me, oh, we're having a brownout, which what I didn't know is in California and in this area happens all the time. So mm -hmm. thus, everybody casually going on with their eating and Heather and I are hunkered mm -hmm. down, ready for the end of the world to come. Right. But and here we are. We made it. Yes. Uh, you were very brave. And I was very <laughs> embarrassed. Uh, I was ha I'm good. I'm good in an emergency. Yeah. That's like one good quality I have. I used to think I was until that moment. You're um, good in different emergencies. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Like, that's my thing. I like to come in and like help people and fix things and then mm -hmm. soar out. Then I get awkward after that. Mm -hmm. I'm like a five minute and out person. So you appreciated that about me in the early moments of our trip. I appreciated the fact that you were so easy to deal with. I've driven a lot of hours by myself and I just get in the zone. Sometimes when people drive with me, I worry that they feel like they're captive in the car because I'm just <laughs> on a mission to get us there. And they're like, oh, let's stop at the fruit stand and buy peaches. And I'm like, no, we can't stop. We're on a schedule. As long as you let me pee. 
<laughs> as yeah. many times as I want and stop, I'm okay. And I'll will, do anything else. It wasn't any more than I wanted to. It's nice to have me on a trip because I'm fun. always the one to speak up and say we need to stop and, and you're use the bathroom. Cute. I mean, you're you're. I'm really, trying to keep up with you. We need to go to a country event together. I'm going to take you to a country event. We'd be unstoppable if you listen to our first podcast uh, that still doesn't have a name. I'm trying to get you to go to the new Kids on the Block concert. Well, yeah, I've been working it for a few months now, but no, you have zero interest. I have interest in hanging out with you, but I don't know if you want to be around me that night. I'm going to put this out there, <laughs> and I know we've talked about rescuing dogs um, in in other places before, but I I would like. To travel internationally with you for dog rescue, just for or just for fun. Yeah, I will say I. It's funny that you find that I'm easy to travel with you because are. I am married. He thinks I am one of the most difficult people that he has ever dealt with, ever. And I will say there's probably a handful of people that believe that about me. And the more I learn about myself and I'm around other people, I feel like this is not true. It's not. I have opinions. People annoy me at times. You do not annoy me. Strangers annoy me. Mm. I don't like people touching me mm. or being in my space. Like I, I, I have my quirks. Yeah. I have many places I want to go. We've talked about this, but we each have our pets and animals. I have a beagle and my life basically revolves around her. And not because I'm even crazy. I mean, she's crazy. And it's created this situation that I've probably perpetuated, but it's very difficult for me to leave her. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, she's 11. And I've been saying she's going to die since she was like four. Mm. I am a little neurotic. I will own that. I'm definitely neurotic. But I'm okay in a mass shooting. I got that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the little things it's, with me. You're magical. Anyone who has had a pet, I think, can relate to... Being at the vets where you ask yourself, like, is this the last moment? I mean, one of my pets is very haphazard. Like we were at the emergency very recently because he had a puncture wound on his lip. I have no idea how he got it. But this is like him. But every time I'm there, I think to myself, what if this is the last time? Like, what if what if we're here and they're like, there's nothing we can do? And all of a sudden, I kind of recommit to appreciating every moment and making those memories and showing love and receiving love and all the things that you want. So I understand. Yeah, it's it's not easy. So yeah, I want to talk to you about this emergency vet visit. The reason why I go to this vet is because they are a 24-7 vet. Uh, there are like 14 vets on staff at any given time. And because they have so many vets and so many people are working, if you come in for emergency, you never know who you're going to get. And you don't really care at that point, honestly, because you're like, someone help me. Okay, great. Like you. Oh, you have such a good. You should see me when I take my animals in. But see, I know too much. So I call <laughs> up and I'm like. So who's working tonight? Who's on call? Who's receiving? Mm. Oh, no, my dog is not seeing an intern. So we'll have to move on from there. <laughs> and then, oh, you're busy. You have to be able to deal with me if I'm stressed out about my animal. If I'm not comfortable, I look at Chewy and I say, you're going to have to hold whatever it is up until tomorrow because <laughs> we're not running up there. But you are the good client and you take who comes to help you. Well, and I we like I people ask, like you. I do. I do ask a lot of questions. That's good. You should like. Like, I respect the fact that 
when you have a problem, when you go to the Internet, you get 85 different things it could be. So instead of even doing that, I just immediately go to the emergency vet and I'm like, what's wrong? And then I sit there and I say, well, what about this and this and this and this? So, for example, my dog had a puncture wound in his lip and I'm sitting here like tetanus, like (laughs) (laughs) And if I were to Google tetanus, I would have gotten like, well, in this rare case. And then I'd be like, oh, my gosh, are we the rare case? But, of course, the vet eases my mind and says, I have never seen a case of tetanus in my entire practice. There are very few in the state of Washington, like especially in the city, like they're more in farm areas. Can I just say that I am so glad that you did not call me when this happened? Yes. (laughs) Because everybody calls me with veterinary emergencies. And if you would have said tetanus to me, unlike that vet, I would have said, oh, my God, we had this many cases of tetanus at the hospital. And they had no idea how the animal got tetanus. And it was random. It started from something like a puncture wound, Mm -hmm. like in the foot or in the mouth. And then, I mean, we had a client there that, I mean, the dog ended up on a ventilator. Yes. So I would have given you, instead of the best possible case scenario, (laughs) the worst possible case scenario where you would have been terrified. So that's a little. So you did the right thing. Well, I will thank you. I will say that because you're my friend, I don't want to lean on you for help with vet related stuff unless I feel like I have no other option. I did call you when I got to a place with my cat where I could not make a decision and I really needed help. Um, So that's when I called in my friend who has experience to help me. But on the normal day to day, I respect (laughs) the fact that I'm not paying you to be my vet. Like I'm paying someone else to be my vet. You are my friend. And Uh, did everybody out there hear that? So that's like rampant in the veterinary (laughs) community. Like people you haven't heard from in like 20 years will message you on Facebook Hey, how have you been? So my cat got into this thing and is shaking really weird. And now it's just laying there. What do you think's wrong with it? Oh, my God, Jill. I don't know. Like, and how are you? I didn't even know you had a freaking cat. So maybe you should take it to the vet. So thank you for understanding that. Although I would always be happy to answer any questions that I could. My fear is that I'm not a doctor and somebody can't look at your animal. There's no way to know what's wrong with it. Right. So with all of that in mind, also, as a reasonable human, uh, he wasn't excessively bleeding. So, okay, that's good. He was swollen, but it didn't seem to hurt him too much. So I was like, we're on the low end of the emergency scale. I'm not really stressed out about this. However, I'm going to worry about this every second until he is seen. So we go in. The vet tech checks us in, um, tells me that... There are three emergencies on their way in that we can't be seen right away. And I'm like, great, please, please see them first. Because if I was that person, I would want to be seen first. Like, I don't know what's going on in these situations. But like, if my dog got hit by a car, I wouldn't want you looking at this like non-bleeding puncture wound, like (laughs) instead of helping my dog. Right. So I'm like, yes, great. And she's like, oh, we'll put you in a room. Perfect. So we hung out for probably close to two hours waiting because there were some really extensive things coming in. I don't know what they were, but I could hear them in the background. Um, And when the vet finally comes in. It was like a scene from Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) It was like there was a wind machine. Um, 
McSteamy or McDreamy? I mean, I don't know. Either one. McNugget. I mean, (laughs) not only was this man very attractive, and I, I have. I have asserted now that three to four people yeah. were very attractive. So, and, I, but you've been—I've seen them. You've been right on every occasion. I seem to be kind of oversexed right now. But not only was he very attractive, but because the emergencies had been handled at this point, and he didn't have anything else going on, he was very relaxed. Came in, like sat up on the exam table, like crossed his legs, and just like looked at me. And I could tell he was listening and asked me what was going on. That's pretty awesome. Yes. To have that. I mean, if you have any doctor, whether you're a person or you're taking your animal in, if somebody can give you the impression, even though they just handled three emergencies and things are crazy, that you're the only thing that matters Mm -hmm. at that moment, that's huge. Yes. And I wish everybody else could understand that. It's all perception. Mm-hmm. Your perception is your reality. So I was feeling really pleased with the level of bedside manner from the physical body that was giving it to me at this moment. And I've been going to this clinic for seven years. I have never seen this person. He's clearly new because I, I have three animals. Like I am there at least once a month with somebody for something. The other thing I liked about him, uh, my dog Mocha is very antisocial. He typically wears a muzzle at the vet. I put it on him. It is least likely for him to hurt me than anyone else. Um, But I'm aware that he only bites me when he feels that he has no other option. He is already vocally, physically indicated that he does not want to be in that situation. And it's his last resort. So I'd rather me bleed than someone else. (laughs) Well, you're also, it's great to hear somebody that actually understands that about animals because you'll hear, oh, they're just being bad or this, or they, you know, you're trying to discipline them. Everything you said is right. They are scared. They are not comfortable. And they've tried to tell you usually in many different ways and they're pushed and pushed and pushed. Mm -hmm. So to recognize that this isn't a comfortable situation for them Mm -hmm. and, and then you not to put anybody else in danger is big. You have a new job now. I'm going to take you and we're just going to go around and educate people on how to be really good pet owners. Yes. I always apologize too because I feel like I'm bordering on annoying. We are there constantly. They're always really nice about scheduling us. I have a very hectic job. So a lot of times I will call a couple days in advance and be like, do you have anything on Saturday? They're like, sure. Money bags is coming in. (laughs) (laughs) They see you like the little Monopoly guy, like with your two sashes. Yeah. Like, oh, here you go. Yeah. So, yeah, they're making time for you. Yeah. They're really nice to me. So. So because this uh, wound was on his face, he could not be muzzled because he needed to be examined. So I said to the vet, I can put one hand around the base of his mouth and then the other hand I can use to manipulate his lip. Would that be okay for you to examine it? And he's like, sure, let's try it. So I'm like showing him and then I'm like, okay, if you want to touch it right now, you can. Man, that sounded like a drop. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny you did, now looking back because right? that's what I said. If you want to touch it right now, you can. I can't um, even say it. That's what she said because that's literally <laughs> what she said. I said that. Um, he did. It was fine. <laughs> um, but I really appreciated the fact that instead of sending a tech in, carting him off to the back, disrespecting my wishes, 
to handle him myself. Like he was totally fine with all of that. Some sometimes I've gone into different vets and they have their uh, methodology, and I I respect their process. But for Mocha specifically, he does best mm-hmm. when I'm holding him. Everything was fine. He sent us home with wipes. And then you were happy for the rest of the night. Yes. And then the next day at work, I found a 21-year-old who found him on Facebook. And we realized that he was engaged. And then I immediately stopped being attracted to him. See, you're so good. You're always (laughs) looking out for the future. (laughs) And doing the right thing. I don't want to be with someone that would leave their fiancé for me. Because that could be me. Sometimes things are just meant to be. So it's not like you're pursuing this person and then he just succumbed to you. Like, I truly feel if that would have happened and you just had a spark, but you have a boyfriend. So we're actually just having fun talking about this because a lot of people can relate. But in my defense, I am an adult in a position where we have not had any movement. So it's like, I think that I'm noticing people because when you're in a relationship, you are growing and moving. So it's like we stopped. We were hot and heavy. We fell in love. Like we moved in together all in the first three months. And now three years later, there's been no progress. So I think that I'm just. You're working through it. Yeah. I think it's normal. I'm noticing other people. I'm not acting on anything. However, I walked into work the next day and. There were two single girls. Even before I finished describing, like, hey, there's this really attractive vet. Somebody has to take advantage of this situation. Yeah. Like, And they both laughed. Meanwhile, why wouldn't that somebody? Okay. If you were single, though, why would that somebody single. be you? But mm. they were both single. I'm not single. So I was sharing the information <laughs> with the community. Less than 10 seconds, the 21-year-old had She's like, he's engaged. Him. Yes. It's over. He's like broken up. He got engaged in October. Is this him? Yes. (laughs) The really shocking thing, though, is the first thing the 21-year-old said was, oh, my gosh, his fiance looks just like you. I don't see the resemblance. But both of the other two were like, oh, you're his type. And I was like, no, he doesn't have a type because he's engaged. Well, you still have a type, like a type of person you're attracted to and a look and... I don't know. I mean, I looked a mess, though. I mean, I looked like this, but like nervous, sweaty like this. But you were bringing in your dog because you care so much about it. And he loves animals. And it's like a sexy midnight rendezvous. Like we could write a television series about this. I really think we should do that. We should do an ER, a pet ER. We think of human hospitals like Grey's Anatomy. Uh-huh. The same thing happens in veterinary medicine, except for the people aren't as good looking. That's the only difference. So last time you said we were going to talk about beef curtains, although I want to call them beef cheeks. I And I said, can we even talk about that? And you're like, I don't know. We're going to figure it out. But it's not gross or anything like so that. I- it's anatomical. Can I use the words for it? Like the real words? I Well, describe it to the people that don't know what it is. So let me tell you how this even came up. Okay. I had this amazing weekend, and I really don't say that a lot. I flew down to Arizona. I went to a reunion with my sorority sisters mm. from 1993 with them and 1996. So we're talking well over 20 years. 
one of the girls created this reunion and it's like our sorority and she takes any of the girls that were in it in like the 90s mm-hmm. and we all like whoever wants to go they just pick a different city so this is the first year that I've been able to go and I had a lot of anxiety about it because I actually can be I don't know if I would say socially awkward but I do tend to have some social anxiety in groups like mm-hmm. I do better one-on-one with people mm-hmm. I had this crazy week at work my house was a mess I couldn't get things done and I've decided Thursday night that I'm canceling this trip that I can't do it and that's what I do I talk myself out of things when my anxiety ramps up and I try to allow myself to not do things mm. basically had a panic attack which I haven't had in years I think with every I don't know why so I'm like okay I try to calm myself down I take a shower take a Xanax prescribed to me legally I get I my never had Xanax by the way um, it's very helpful for me, but I honestly, I do not, I'm not one of those people that just let's pop a Xanax. Like I only take it if I'm flying and I have very bad anxiety. I get like one prescription a year and it's the first pill I've taken and I don't months and months and months, but I legitimately was having a panic attack. Do you think if I went to the doctor and was like, could I just get like five pills to see how it goes? Like when I'm no, in- probably not if work? you brought it up like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think though they're going to make you fill out a questionnaire about your anxiety and if you have depression. And mm. I don't know. I have an amazing doctor. Her biggest issue with me is I have a thyroid issue, mm. and I have a huge fear of getting my blood drawn. So whenever I need to go get a refill, there's always a big note. Doctor says no until you get because with the thyroid issue, you always have to get your levels tested. We can go into this another time, but to the lengths that I've gone to to not have my blood tested well that's how i am with the dentist like i literally have to have someone drive me wait for me and then drive me home or so that would be a legitimate reason to have a xanax yeah so i think explaining that and being honest and saying i don't need a lot i go this many times can you know can i try it for this visit and then talk to you and i think because i'm not always going to my doctor and asking for refills it's literally once a year or every other year she doesn't she trusts me So I'm almost wondering if I could ask the dentist for the prescription. I don't know that they'll prescribe those types of pills because everything's being controlled now Mm -hmm. and it's things are different. Okay. People aren't as willy nilly with the drugs. Sorry. I because they'll give me like the gas there, which is fine once I'm there. I've canceled three appointments for the filling that I need. Um, oh, you sound like me. I do the same thing. Dentists hate me. They hate me, too. But much like you, I will use any excuse to rationalize that I can't go. Oh, I have a video shoot the next day. What if my mouth is sore? Like, I have to cancel this now. (laughs) And I forgive myself. And I'm an adult. And I can do that. Right. You should talk to your doctor. Mm -hmm. They may be able to help you with that. So anyway, go on. So I take my Xanax. I'm going. I have a glass of wine on the plane. I get to the hotel. I get to the room. I don't know what time it is at this point, like 4.30, 5 o'clock. And one of my good friends who I have stayed in touch with opens the door, gives me a hug and whispers in my ear, Michelle's wasted. <laughs> like That's like my my welcome to the room. And there's like 10 girls in our room. And one of them is like an eyebrow artist. Like she oh. concentrates on eyebrows. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. She could make anybody beautiful. So she's sitting there plucking Michelle's eyebrows while while Michelle's wasted. Yeah. Michelle's like, Leslie. And I'm like, oh, you know, because drunk people can make you feel really loved. Yes. So immediately this is my welcome. And I'm like, I'm good. And I said, how come you're so drunk so early? Like they're like, oh, well, we're at the pool. Plus it's hot. It's Mm. Arizona. 
And they had been drinking these drinks. They kept calling them IV bags. They're like, we had alcohol out of IV bags. And because I'm in somewhat the medical profession, I'm thinking, and I looked at them, I'm like, they were like you're putting straight <laughs> alcohol into your brain. I mean, I didn't know it was going to be that type of reunion. So they're like, no, no, they're like, I mean, that's where my head goes, right? right? That, yeah, exactly. They're like, no, they're like these big adult Capri Sun bags and you can get all these different flavors, but Mm. it's like those drinks are sugar. I feel like they had grain alcohol. I don't know. Plus she had three. She probably had like 1500 milliliters of alcohol. And this is not like her. She never was a big drinker. Even to this day, she's just not that person. Like she's a fun person, but not wild. All of a sudden, they're talking, and somebody turns to me, and they say, do you know what beef curtains are? I'm like, beef curtains? And I'm thinking of, like, a cut of meat. Like skirt steak? Yeah, like skirt (laughs) steak. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, okay, do I admit it? Because I don't know. I always felt like I was more of the quiet person in the sorority. And I don't want to say innocent, because I did things, but I did them quietly. So I'm like, I don't know what beef curtains are. And they describe this to me. So I'm going to just use physical anatomy to describe it. Okay. And you can cut out whatever you need to. And if it's inappropriate, it's inappropriate. But I did not know that this existed. I think it either can be like hereditary. And if you have beef curtains, I'm so sorry. And I'm not making fun of you. It's just a really funny term because some people are going to hear this and they probably will look in the mirror and realize they have beef curtains. Literally, the lips of your vagina get very long and hang down and they're flappy. This was new to me and very scary. So I go to the bathroom and I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. Of course, I have to look like I have to check and make sure I'm not one of these people because did they show each other their beef curtains? Of course, they're all saying they don't have beef curtains. But this is my women. I have women, not girls, women I have not seen in over 20 years. Our first conversation that we had. We were all talking about beef curtains. Of Why course, did they bring it up. They were at the pool. God knows. I don't even know. They were okay. at the pool. Somehow it came up. It doesn't surprise me. Like when when people ask me, oh, you're going to go see your friends. You know, are you excited? I'm like, yes, because these girls are raunchy. They're, I would say, half are from California. There's a spattering from other places like Arizona, Vegas, myself, Maryland. But they're very New York like they're even the ones not from New York. They're funny. They're smart. They're quick witted. Mm-hmm. They have great personalities and they will talk about anything. Mm-hmm. And that was always my favorite thing. Like I was never like that. My mom, I was always supposed to be quiet, not talk that way. And I think they really helped me like be more comfortable with myself and come out of my shell. Yeah. But So if you are unfamiliar with strong New York women, it's like having Tourette's, but being very confident about it. I could describe one of the girls like that. That's a very good description. Like they will just say whatever's on their mind and loudly. And I kind of love that because mm-hmm. I'm an apologizer. And mm-hmm. that's something I'm working on. That that was the beef curtains. So just as an addition to your beef curtains, uh, if you have heard of vaginal rejuvenation surgery. Yeah. That's what addresses uh, some of the insecurities that people have about the lady parts um because yes maybe they have had children things look different now maybe they've always looked like that and they've always had insecurities i don't know how the conversation came up with them because i wasn't there i was working but i felt like 
that may have been one of the reasons the conversation was having. And I think that's the coolest thing. Like maybe you do want to have that taken care of and it is insecurity. And why should you be made fun of because your body gave birth another human being? I've never been pregnant, but I don't know that everybody tells you the truth about what actually happens to your body. I don't know that anybody would have babies if they knew the truth about all the things that happen to your body. I agree with this 100% because I feel like there's a rhetoric. People just kind of tell themselves, this is the most important thing I've ever done with my life. I feel so good about it. I created a human. Like, I would never change this. Like, and they just tell themselves over and over and over again all of the reasons why it's all quote unquote worth it. And then they don't tell you about the little things. I mean, even little things that we know about bladder control issues. We know that stuff tears and you need to sew it back up. Like, Mm -hmm. but then there's more stuff that no one ever talks about. Yeah. Beef curtains. Your abs could separate to the point where you need surgery to sew your muscles back together. Your hair falls out from pregnancy hormones. Your breasts deflate. Varicose veins. Yeah. The women, and this is a good thing, that are out there saying, oh, it's so beautiful. So this, it is, but there's a whole nother side to it that I think maybe other people struggle with that. Maybe they don't have the same support in their community or their husband, or you're in a religion where you don't talk about those things. Mm -hmm. So you're on your own. And I think that's the, honestly, the cool thing about these girls is that they'll talk about anything Mm -hmm. and you can ask them anything. And you know what? If they don't want to talk about it, they'll tell you. Mm -hmm. And they're not offended. And we move on. Well, I also think you bring up something interesting because I really like watching plastic surgery shows. Classically, the surgeon says, what do you want to change about yourself? They never suggest anything because so often it's not the thing that you would think. Right. You look at a picture of someone and it's like, what is this person having plastic surgery for? And you might immediately say, oh, it's, you know, going to be a boob job. Like... You visually look at them and then it's like, no, it's a vaginal rejuvenation. Like, can't even see it. Like, you don't even know. Or somebody hates their earlobes and you just wouldn't ever guess. We are so hard on ourselves. I know. And and I, not just women, but it is different with us. Mm -hmm. If I was not afraid of the knife, there's many things that I would like to have done. Mm -hmm. But one thing, and this has only been over the past few years, that's really bothered me is I have realized that my face is asymmetrical. And so I just started noticing all these weird things. And I'm like, if I could go to a plastic surgeon and say, can you fix my face and make it symmetrical and make it so when I'm talking, my mouth doesn't skew to the side. And then I think... Because when people have little things like that, it's not that I think they're weird, but I definitely notice it. I'm like, do do people notice this about me? Are they talking about it? I mean, we're we're very. And then I tell you, like now, and then you go home and look in the mirror and think, what are all the things wrong with me? <laughs> and then like we've created this whole little negative circle, and I've really been trying to be better about that. But mm. this, I think, this conversation about beef curtains was more for the pure. Got to laugh at yourself type of humor. Well, in the midst of the conversation, I have another show title idea. Xanax rated. (laughs) I love that. I don't know if we're allowed to use it because it's a copyrighted like name Xanax. But uh, that is idea number two. Look into it. I think everyone we do, we should just come up with a different show name. So what are we going to talk about next time? Oh, I came up with the beef cartons. You're going to throw the teaser out for the next one. I want to talk about some of my behaviors that the guy that I live with, my boyfriend, finds to be very strange. And I want to know if you feel like they're strange or it's just him. 
Um, and you need to like bounce that off of somebody and say like, is this legit crazy yeah. or? So I'm going to make a list. Okay, bye. 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 <laughs>